Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The Today's lesson is don't try addition. I, <laughs> I love, I love this addition. Yeah. yeah. I love. <laughs> just don't try. I love not trying. Yeah. It's such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> just, just sitting back and letting everything go just, to shit. Yeah, just unravel. Just let it go. I just, I love letting go. <laughs> So great. Let someone else try. Yeah, but not me. <laughs> Today, episode 057, these people tried to run a marathon and it didn't end well. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, full disclosure, I am now a runner. <laughs> Lol. I run a lot. You do. Uh, almost every day. Almost every day. It's, you know, a journey. I actually really like it. But if you run too much, your body gets so mad. It gets mad. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, well, before we get into it. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the extraordinarily fit Marissa Riley. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about extraordinarily fit, but I'm, I'm a little fit. She's fit. She's a little fit. That's right. What is that voice? <laughs> I think that voice omits any fitness I have. Uh, yeah, so this episode was inspired by my left extensor tendons. By yeah. Way. Yeah, so if you don't know where those are in your body, I sure as hell didn't until I hurt them. Uh, please, everyone, take a look at your feet. Okay. Now point at the top of your foot. Okay. There you go. Ah! That's, that's, that's where they are. So the place right before the toes. Exactly. Yep. yep. I know because I saw her foot. That's right. <laughs> it you... was puffy. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I can explain. According to medicalnewstoday.com, quote, located in the top of the foot, extensor tendons are needed for flexing or pulling the foot upward. If they become inflamed due to overuse or wearing shoes without proper support, they may get torn or inflamed. No! Yeah, this is known as extensor tendonitis, which can cause significant pain in the top of the foot. No, not the top quote, of the yeah, foot. So I know what you were saying about how your body just... It's like, nope, you're not doing this today. She gets mad. And yeah. and I, I, I did the thing where I read all of the, you know, art... I would Google, like, uh, can you run every day? Is it good for you? And everyone is like, no! You can, but you will get this thing called an injury. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. and I've just turned 30, so a little part of me is still like, I'm invincible. Mm-hmm. And same. Yeah. yeah. Um, you will you will get injured. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah. And uh, boy, Hattie, they're not fucking around when they say uh, extensor tendinitis causes significant pain. Because, oh, my uh, God. I don't want to brag, but many moons ago, I had a kidney stone. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the first few days of... This extensor tendonitis was a close fucking second. Y'all. Let me tell you when. Kidney stones. I've never no. had one. And like a, I was hope like a kid- I never do. It was like a kidney stone in my foot. It sucked so oh bad. Oh my God. Yeah, it really does. In, yeah. in case you don't know what a ki- kidney stone is, Google it on your own time because yeah. neither me nor Jill is going to tell you about no. it. No. Please don't. Nope. Just Unless don't, that's part don't, of the podcast. Don't, don't tell you. <laughs> might be an episode maybe down the line <laughs> okay okay we'll we'll zoom in when the time is right so yeah so how did dr riley here uh and myself hurt ourselves that was good english yeah um so yep, anyway yep. we purchased a treadmill in july and shortly after i hurt myself like a champion yeah 
and uh, like a fucking champion. There you go. She's a hero. And I'm totally okay now, so thanks for asking. Um, I'm Good. happy to say... <laughs> You're that welcome. This, that this injury birthed the idea for this episode. So, and I'm also going to say uh, I'm sorry in advance because it's a fucking doozy of an episode. Oh, no. Yeah. But that's my favorite kind. Yeah. And, I love uh, it when things go wrong. <laughs> wow. You're in the right place. What though. I live for. <laughs> yes. So, uh, also, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Yeah. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. So. It's, it's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about. Um, I did know that Jill was having a foot problem because yes. one day she was like, my foot hurts. And then the next day she was wearing a boot. And I was like, I think something's wrong. <laughs> I think she's in pain. You're, um, you're a doctor. Yeah. You're very astute. Yes. You're very aware. I'm very aware. I'm very observant. <laughs> I, I I really like to put things together. Um, and I put things together and I realized Jill had, what is it called? Uh, extensor tendinitis. Extensor tendinitis. That's mm-hmm. right. I realized that's what she had. There you go. Thank mm-hmm. you, doctor. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we should begin. Right. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Let's begin with the first of our two stories. Uh, let's head on back in time to a year no one remembers, 2019. Whoa! No. I remember <laughs> nothing from that year! No. I can't, when I was typing these notes, I was like, it's kind of like the bridesmaids of years, because no one remembers 2019. I bet, I bet some great things happened, oh, too. Sure. Yeah. But pff, hell if I can remember them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right in if something great happened to you in 2019. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I really I can't think of one thing. Yeah. Anyways, so we're at the starting line of something called an ultra marathon. Now, Doctor, oh. yeah, <laughs> Doctor Marissa, what do you know about ultra marathons? Nothing. I am assuming it's like a marathon, yeah. but more special. That's exactly right. Amazing. And by special, <laughs> and if by special you mean extremely difficult, extra difficult. Uh, yeah, uh, this particular, um, where are we? Oh, sorry. According to theconversation.com, an ultramarathon is a race that exceeds the 26.2 mile distance of traditional marathons. Oh. They range from 31 miles to almost 3,100 miles. No. A- yeah. No, they don't. And, and athletes often compete in extreme conditions. So. <laughs> you know, I like running. Mm. I like my little treadmill. I like a little run outside with some music, but I have no desire mm-hmm. to run <clears throat> 3,100 miles. <laughs> Uphill. Uphill. <laughs> in the snow. In any condition other than perfect California weather. Even then, pass. Yeah. So I like running and watching a movie. <laughs> running and watching a movie. It's fantastic. I can't run without watching a movie or listening to Britney Spears. Those are the only conditions and short periods of time. I'll stop talking. There you go. Uh, so this particular ultramarathon we're standing at, uh, it's a world-renowned ultramarathon called Western States 100. Okay. And according to their website, WSER.org, quote, the Western States 100-mile endurance run is the world's oldest 100-mile trail race. I wish it had a cooler name. Um, mm. It's just what it is. It's but that's fair, too. <laughs> you know. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, the run starts in Olympic Valley, California, yeah. uh, near the site of the 1960 Winter Olympics, and ends 100.2 miles later in Auburn, California. Oh. In the decades since its inception in 1974, Western States has come to represent one of the 
ultimate endurance tests in the world. Oh. <clears throat> yes, and uh, there is a dog barking behind us. Hopefully we record all of it. I know. And I, I just wanted to point out how professional <clears throat> me and Jill have been yeah. about not letting it bother us. And then she acknowledged it so beautifully, so... If you loved how we, how much we handled, how yeah. well we handled that, um, DM us That's and right. say you guys handled that like a pro. <laughs> That's right. Rate and subscribe. Tell your friends. There you go. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind to tell us a little bit more about this race, the Western 100? I would love to. All right. Continuing from the site, quote, traversing the traditional lands of the Nisinan, Washoe, and other neighboring indigenous peoples. The Western States Trail climbs more than 18,000 feet and descends nearly 23,000 feet before runners reach the finish at Placer High School in Auburn, end quote. I like how we, the, the triumphant finish is at a high school. I'm so glad you... Uh, that is so funny. You brought that up. That's I right. I am not going to run a gazillion miles to school. 18,000 feet? What the fuck? To also, high school? Also, also the, <clears throat> the, the ups, the literal ups and downs yeah. of this run is wild. It's, it's insane. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and they need to finish this all within 24 hours. No, yeah. stop it. <laughs> As per the race's slogan, 100 miles, one day. I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't know if the award ceremony takes place in the high school, but if you finish, God bless you. Uh, and if you finish with one of the top two fastest times, you've won yourself. You guessed it. A very fancy belt buckle. Are you shitting me? <laughs> like, okay. you, you, you did the, one of the hardest things in the world, and then you end up in a high school with a belt. Not even a belt. A buckle. That's right. This, part, part this belt. shit. This bullshit. <laughs> I, know, I know it's about the respect. And uh, doing it for yourself or whatever, but give them something. Give them a fucking uh, gift card, you know? Amazon gift card? I was, yeah, but I know we're, we're trying not to like uh, Jeff Bezos right now. So yeah. maybe like a, what's another nice, pl- I don't know. Everything is, <laughs> everything is owned by a, uh, like a racist or a rapist. Yeah. I don't know where to shop anymore. So. Oh, well, uh, the fancy belt buckle, uh, that's how I state it. But as WSER.org states, quote, the sport's oldest and most prized possession, uh, a sub 24 hour silver belt buckle and a sub 30 hour bronze belt buckle. It's not even gold. <laughs> no. God damn it. <laughs> End quote. So, Dr. Marissa, would you actually like to see a photo of this glorious belt buckle? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to say belt buckle like five times in a row. You've been nailing it. Yeah. I, you're, God, you're it's hard. dominating those two <clears throat> words. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, all photos we talk about will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by. Do uh, it. All details are in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please describe this silver Belt, bu- belt buckle. <laughs> I almost made it. Fuck. Almost. Okay, so this <clears throat> is a belt buckle. Yes. <laughs> it looks like a, a classic, like, um, Western uh, belt buckle. Like, it's yeah. big. It's kind of this flourishy, rectangular shape. It's got, um, it's got a wolf. Is that a wolf? 
it's either a wolf or a, maybe a a puma. A I don't puma, know. <laughs> it's a bobcat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then it says 100 miles, one day, Western States Endurance Run winner. There you go. So it says all this stuff. It go. looks heavy. It does. But it's still not an Amazon gift card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a card, just a belt buckle. But anyway, people love this fucking thing. And yeah. Yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> now, unfortunately for one 37-year-old man, he never got his hands on a belt buckle that year. Oh, no. In fact, he didn't even finish this race, which just so happened to be his first ever attempt at an ultramarathon. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, oh. it wasn't for a lack of trying, let me tell you. Our patient battled his way to the 70th goddamn mile. God damn it. Where he checked into an aid station there with his pace partner. Oh. Um, an aid station is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, think tiny hospital meets a 7-Eleven. Amazing. <clears throat> yeah. You get any health concern looked at, and you can, like, fill up on anything you need for, like, the next couple of miles. That's awesome. Yeah. They should have those for people who aren't running. <laughs> should have them for me. I get headaches, I don't know, every couple of blocks yeah. or so. I would love to stop by. Yeah. Uh, get one of those hydration IVs. Fun. A snack, <laughs> a kind bar, a steak. There you go. You could have like <clears throat> coffee IV in one arm and the hydration in another. Yeah. This is a big business opportunity. Yes. Um, yeah. I will talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> so Go funny. Um, so it's totally a normal thing to check into these. Uh, it also helps volunteers track your progress. Aww. It's pretty, pretty important. Yeah. Now, According to the case study published in August 2019 uh, in the issue, the August 2019 issue of BMJ Case Reports, the two men walked in and out without a problem. Okay. And, or at least neither of them said they had a problem. Okay. A few meters away from that station, our patient decided to take an over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatory pill. Like your average ibuprofen or aspirin that you take when something's like causing you aches and pains. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. So in a normal conversation, yeah. that would be fine. Yes. But on this podcast, no. <laughs> something bad is going to happen. Someone's oh, yeah. going to cry blood mm. or sweat blood yeah. or lose a rectum. Right. I am stressed. I know. We should make like a magic eight ball with all of the things that we've talked about. The classic, well, that's interesting outcomes. Yeah. They are not pretty. No. I would love that, though. We should look into that. That yes. might be our first merch, because we have to open that damn merch store, man. We do. Yeah. Also, if you are a person who makes magic A-balls, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that person is listening. You DM us as soon as this airplane is done <laughs> flying over. We are being attacked with noise pollution wow. today. See, why try? Why, why try? even try? What is even... Anyways... <laughs> Back to our story. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's surprising to want to take something like an ibuprofen or aspirin after 70 treacherous miles on your feet. God damn it, yeah. Yeah. Remember, this is his first ultramarathon, so his body was probably screaming, sending out every possible red flag and stop sign to get him to reconsider what he was doing. Yes. So his body was rebelling. Of course. And it said no more in the most classic way possible. As soon as he drank water to swallow that pill, he vomited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't just vomit. Oh, God. Dr. Marissa, would you please do the honor and read for us the title of a Gizmodo article that beautifully sums up the amount of force his body projected? Yes, I'm so stressed. Okay. okay. The title of the article is, quote, 
an ultra marathon runner puked so hard he tore open his esophagus. <laughs> End of title. That was for, for in a non-screaming version. Yeah. An ultra ther- an ultra marathon runner puked so hard he tore open his esophagus. That yeah. is scary. Yeah, as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, so that is indeed what happened. Inter- uh, Sorry. <laughs> internally, but at the time, our poor runner, sprawled out on the trail, could only tell medics what he was feeling, and they could only assess with their eyes and what standard tools they had at that station. Oh, no. Now, according to Ed Cara, the Gizmodo reporter, the runner told medics, quote, he felt an upper chest pain so severe he worried he had broken a rib. No. Now, along with this and the difficulty breathing... It all kind of pointed to an unfortunate common concern in ultramarathon running, um, cardiac arrest. Oh my God, (laughs) maybe we should stop running. (laughs) So that's what they thought he had. Uh. When an ambulance arrived and got him to Auburn Faith Hospital for treatment, his vitals were normal. Oh my God. Yeah, his heart rate and pulse, normal. Shit. Yeah, what was off the charts, however, was his breathing rate. Oh. Yeah, remember, it's not a heart attack, but only we know that. Yes, 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 yes. So... On average, we take like 12 to 16 breaths a minute. Okay. But our runner was averaging 22. That's a lot. That's a lot That's more. almost double. Yeah. So he was gasping for air, and air was just escaping with every breath. No. Now, multiple, multiple, multiple? Multiple. <laughs> multiple chest x-rays and CT scans were taken, but nothing out of the ordinary was spotted and couldn't explain the pain and his gasping like a fish. Oh, my God. Now, he was like that for 12 hours. No! God, it, these stories blow yeah. my mind at how long it takes to, not every time, obviously, but how yeah. long it takes to diagnose someone and yeah. all of the things you have to do to see inside a person's body. Yeah. It is wild in there. It is wild, y'all. Yeah, so 12 hours later, an esophagram was performed. An esophagram. Yeah. Now, don't worry, I looked it up, and what do you know? Esophagram is in the dictionary. Look at that. What the fuck? Dr. Marissa, would you please do us the honor and please read uh, what this is, its process, as described by McGraw-Hill. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> before we go for it, I just love that I'm I'm uh, I, about to speak a definition. I feel like I'm about to start, like, a really cheesy speech like webster's <laughs> dictionary <laughs> describes love as we are at a high school apparently oh god <laughs> now i'm gonna throw up Jeez, <laughs> we know what to tell the doctor okay all right um according to mcgraw hill esophagram is quote an ima- imaging an imaging technique which a radio contrast milkshake of barium sulfate is swallowed to detect benign or malignant lesions of the pharynx, esophagus, stomach, and small intestine, and to evaluate the integrity of the swallowing mechanism. The process of the barium is followed radiographically to detect defects. Places where barium should be seen but is not indicates a detection of foreign bodies, tumors, or lesions. And quote, fun fact, yeah. I have taken this. Oh my God. I've done this before. Really? I don't know if it's exactly the same, but uh, once I had a uh, burst ovary, 
Ah. Or um, a burst, an ovarian cyst yeah. in my body burst. It sounds a lot scarier than it is. It happens to tons of people, and it's not fatal in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It just hurts a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's a little... It's a little explosion in the body. It's a, it's a <laughs> explosion in your body. That's exactly what it is. Um, but I had to go to the doctor, yeah. and I was t- telling them about it, and they had to check for, like, eight other things. Yeah. And they made me – they are like, okay, um, we know you're in a lot of pain because it hurts for a long period of time. And they were like, we just need you to sit in this waiting room. <laughs> And drink this goo yeah. over a period of three hours because you have oh. to drink it really slowly. Yeah. And then like 30 minutes into that, I was like, y'all. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> I'm in a, you, it, you got, if, if I could wash down like some Vicodin or something with this, I'm going to be a lot nicer. <laughs> uh, so we ended up doing something like that. Yeah. I guess yeah. they're like, oh. You got a thing there, and that's how they knew because yeah. they saw the progress of the uh, that goo you swallowed. The goo. There you go. I think they also wanted me to leave, so yeah. <laughs> it was being really annoying. <laughs> uh, well, in this particular case, uh, doctors straight up saw a rip in his esophagus. God damn it! Or what's technically uh, called Bauerhaves syndrome. Oh, Bauerhaves. Bauer Bauerhaves. 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 I don't know. I have no idea. Sure. Uh, anyway, it's named after, you guessed it, physician Hermann Bauerhoff. I knew it. That's right. Who in 1724 treated Baron Han van Wasserner. Nailed it. He's Dutch. A Dutch admiral. His esophagus ruptured uh, from vomiting after eating a very large meal. No. So, <laughs> must be nice. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it was the 1700s, so the Baron died the way he lived, unfortunately. Aww. Our patient, however, is living in 2019, so his chances of survival, they're excellent. Amazing. But if you're thinking, oh my God, to repair a blown out esophagus, that must take extensive surgery and weeks of healing. And yeah, you're right. Oh my God, no. I I don't even know where to begin to describe the surgery. So I'm just going to say it involves a lot of tube reinforcement. Okay. Lots of tubes, folks. No. (laughs) Think... Think of it as like scaffolding to support a crumbly structure. No. Yeah. So as for how long it took for that hole to seal and for his esophagus to strengthen, um, according to the case study, quote, after 15 days in the hospital, the patient was transferred by medical transport back to his hometown for further hospitalization, where he spent another 10 days in hospital. Oh, my God. I'm like bored and in pain for him. (laughs) Yeah. God. Uh, he had a persistent controlled leak uh, and an enlarging pleural collection requiring drainage with a placement of additional chest tubes by interventional radiology. That just means he sprung a leak, but they worked on it. Ah, fun yeah. fact about <laughs> yeah. um, those pleural, I forgot what it's called, but yeah. it's essentially what they do is they put um, a little shunt like a little tube yeah. uh, that goes through your chest or wherever the place is that is collecting the liquid. And yes. then once a day, you attach it to um, like a bag and you release it yourself. Yes. It's crazy. I know because I helped someone do that once. That's right. And it was wild. It's wild to see that it's like a you become a sink. Basically. You become a Your yeah. chest becomes a sink. Yeah. And then you just watch stuff come out of a different hole in your body that you're not used to. There you go. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, so, where are we? 
Okay, so uh, over the next two weeks, the leak healed and he was discharged home. Uh, an upper endoscopy one month later showed complete healing of his esophageal perforation. Oh my God. And get this, three months after that, he was back to eating a full diet and back to running God. on the trails. <laughs> on the trails, end quote. I am so <laughs> impressed and horrified. Like, yeah. that's amazing. I know. Dear God. That's amazing. So nearly six months later, he was healthy enough to get back out there. And even though he didn't take home the belt buckle that fateful day, Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what this runner did accomplish for the history books? I would love to. All right. This is the, okay, quote, this is the first case of Borhavs ever linked to ultramarathon running, uh, said case study author Andrew Pasternak, a physician at Silver Sage Center for Family Medicine in Reno, Nevada. Yeah. First one ever. First one ever. Slow applause for our runner. Ah, wow. Who literally came in first for ultra puking. Came in first. First for ultra puking. That's something. (laughs) Do they have a belt buckle for that? (laughs) I think they just have a bill for that. (laughs) I think they have a lot of bills for that. Somebody sketch a trophy or a or another article of clothing. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, and no one will ever take that from him. Nope. After the break, we're going to try and answer a question for the ages. Why do runners poop themselves? Oh my God, I've always <laughs> wanted to know. <laughs> Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And we're looking at a very long list of Olympians, the creme de la creme of athletes, who have experienced runner's diarrhea in public. No! Yes. Yes. No! Yeah. No! Oh, yeah. Uh, in 2016, French, Olymp- uh, French Olympic race walker Johan Dinez was leading the 50K. Okay. Until he defecated mid-walk and collapsed on the side of the track. God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no! I know. He did complete the race, however. Uh, he got up and finished eighth, which is still better than me. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. Yeah, um, according to foxsports.com.au, quote, Julie Moss, the legendary Ironman triathlete, gave us the most iconic image when midway through the marathon leg of the 1982 Hawaii Ironman, she lost control of her legs and her bowels, collapsing onto the pavement in an all-factory nightmare. Oh my god. End quote. Uh, here is a photo, by the way, of her battling through it. Dr. Marissa, what do you see in this very... Uh, it says a lot, this black and white photo. This photo, I had no idea that's what's happening to this person. Yeah. This is like the coolest photo I've ever seen. It's of a woman who's clearly very strong and and she's all... She's wearing her I don't know, triathlon tri... Iron Man outfit. She's got a baseball cap on. She looks like she's handling everything well, but apparently she's shitting herself (laughs) and falling. Yeah, she's on her hands and knees. She's on her hands and knees, but she doesn't look like in a. She doesn't look like she's in a bad mindset. No, not at all. She's definitely battling, battling through it. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah, that'll also be on our Instagram. So please come on by and 
hit that follow button yeah. <laughs> for more content like Take this. Take a look. Uh, she literally crawled over the finish line, but she fucking did it. Oh my God. Yeah. I have so much respect. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, my friends, from the best runners to novice, shit happens. Um, according to a 1992 case study, that's right, there was a study Amazing. called Runner's Diarrhea, Different Patterns and Associated Factors. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my this- gosh. <laughs> From this study, uh, 62% of runners reported that they had to stop and find a place to poop during training. Yes, 62. yes. Uh, 43% said they had nervous diarrhea before a race. Relatable, yes. I totally get that. I, totally. I, I poop knowing I have to go to work. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> Never use a bathroom at a stand-up comedy club because every comic on the show just took a major shit in yeah. that bathroom. <laughs> Oh, I like these. Uh, I like these tips. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I love these life Comedy hacks. Comedy cellar? That bathroom? Don't even bother. <laughs> don't do it. Um, fifty-one percent, a little more than half, said they had experienced diarrhea after a race. Okay. And twelve percent reported incontinence while running. Mm. The the post race one is what I'm relating to. Yeah. But I'm scared of the during race one that I will relate to in the future. It's coming. No! <laughs> no! So the number one question about number two <laughs> is why? Why? Why is pooping so prevalent in running? Yes. Well, good news. There's a few reasons. Great. <laughs> so, Great. A 2012 study by RWF Terstieg. And J.J. Coleman states, quote, during physical exercise, the increased activity of the sympathetic nervous system. Oh. Uh, redistribute. Re- redistri- <laughs> I can it's, do it. It's a tough one. Redistribute. <laughs> I re- can do this. Re- do you want to do it together? One, two, three. Redistributes. 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 All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know. It was all that belt talk. Yes. <laughs> it made my mouth tired. <laughs> So, during physical exercise, the increased activity of the sympathetic nervous system redistributes redistributes, Redistributes. blood flow from the stomach, liver, small and large intestine to working muscles. With prolonged duration and intensity, the blood flow of these organs may be decreased by 80% or more. Oh my God. End quote. So what the fuck does that mean for your butt? Well... (laughs) Dr. Marissa, what happens when blood is redirected from your intestines to working muscles in need of more oxygen? Oh my God, I would love to tell you guys. All right, quote, severely reduced blood flow to the gastrointestinal organs may frequently cause GI, a condition which causes the symptoms of diarrhea and abdominal pain, end quote. Yeah. There yeah, so basically the blood is going other places, so your bowels are like, fuck it. <laughs> exactly. I don't give a shit. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, that's a... I'm done. Uh, give a shit is a poor choice of words. <laughs> no, it's perfect. That's, that's yeah. exactly... What's, <laughs> so, many yeah. so many puns. So many puns. So many puns. And get this, not only are you redirecting blood to your arms and legs, you're also redirecting consciousness and your mental energy. Oh. Colon and rectal surgeon Michael Dobson told Mental Floss, quote... When someone is in the middle of strenuous physical activity, it's really hard to voluntarily keep your anus sphincter closed while engaging in other activities with other muscles in the legs and pelvis. End oh quote. my god! I wish yeah. everyone could have seen like my eyes when you said <laughs> anal sphincter. That's just a word 
yeah, phrase, a couple of words I don't hear very often, yeah. and they really hit you. They really do. Like a ton of bricks. You're just like, oh. Yeah. If you're in a band called Anal Sphincter, let us know. Let us know. Give us your t-shirt. <laughs> I would right. love that t- I would love to make so many people uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love to tighten some anal sphincters with it. Okay, I'll leave. I'll leave. Do you want me to go? No, we're almost done. Okay. Okay. So so it all comes down to sacrifice. And unfortunately, your ass is what's left behind. No. Now, this may seem like a shitty trade-off, but for gold medal winner, Paula Radcliffe, she wouldn't change a thing. Okay. Back in 2005, she copped a squat right there for the world to see during the very live and televised London Marathon. Amazing. Yeah, it may have been embarrassing for the fans and sports anchors, but Paula knew what it would take to win. The price is a little poo. Okay. And as she told Fox Sports, quote, I don't regret it because I won. But yes. <laughs> I think we should all try harder to be more like Paula. Yes. You got to do what you got to do if you want to win, which is shit anywhere. (laughs) Anywhere you need to shit. Let it out. That's the lesson we're learning today, right? (laughs) I think so. Shit anywhere if you want to be a winner. There you go. Put it on a tote. Put it on a tote. Come on, Nike. Contact us. Yes. (laughs) We have so many slogans. We would love to be Nike ambassadors. (laughs) I think that would be amazing. So Paula Radcliffe, she fucking owned it. And uh, the end, you know? That's, that's the end of episode 057. What a beautiful way to end an episode. <laughs> I can't say this enough. We should all take a page from Paula's book yeah. and, and use it to wipe our asses. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. That is amazing and disgusting. I love it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, Pod. We're on Twitter at WTI underscore pod. You could wipe our asses with both of those things. There but, you go. But we have to use them. We have to. Uh, so, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and please stay interesting. Please do.